Ben Easter, and you're listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast, the podcast that gives you the mindsets, strategies, tips, and tricks to live your freedom and love your life. If you're here, I suspect that you have a total badass inside you, but chances are that you haven't let it play full out yet. Maybe you've been told not to, that it's too much, maybe you've been worried about what other people will think, or maybe you just haven't made the space to shine. If any of that sounds familiar, you've come to the right place. Each week, my co-hosts and I will be exposing the lies that keep that badass chained and, more importantly, sharing the tools to help you break free and share that most authentic you with the world. So, if you want more freedom, possibility, or courage, then I'd invite you to take a deep breath, get curious, and listen carefully for your shift to freedom. Hey there, freedom seekers. Ever wonder about the hero that lives inside of you, ready to conquer the business world? Well, if you've been listening to our show for a while, then you know that we love exploring hero myths and using them to better understand our own heroic journeys. I wanted to make these stories even more actionable for you, so we built a way for you to uncover your business superpowers, avoid potential pitfalls, and see your entrepreneurial journey in a whole new light. Ready to discover your business owner hero type? Check out the show notes or head over to lucidshiftcoaching.com forward slash quiz to take our free quiz and learn which heroic energy you embody in your business. It only takes a few minutes and it's free. Your heroic journey awaits. Welcome back to the Shift to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Ben Easter. I'm here with my co-host, Clayton Olson. Today, uh, I love talking to you, Clayton. I love having these conversations. I think they're so useful for people. I'm really excited about this one because we're going to delve into something, um, some concepts that I think you you have like kind of created and nurtured in your own practice, your coaching practice. So today we're going to talk about the nine hidden truths of love in business. And this was originally a piece of material that I created around just the nine hidden truths of love. But as you'll see, as Ben and I start to unpack these, there's so much overlap between the principles and the truths about love that overlap nicely with what happens on the journey of being an entrepreneur and in the work that you do in the world. Yeah. And, and really, I, I think we can add like yeah. the journey of being a human, you know what I mean? Like as a human being, we're dealing with certain fundamental challenges and risks and, and passions and interests and, and roadblocks that get in the way of those things. And so I think uh, taking the, the lens of love and applying it in, in another, with like, a, with another spin on it can be really helpful to kind of associate ideas in different ways that we didn't think to do before. Yes. Yes. And to that point, I think when we are able to make these different kind of cross maps from category to category, it actually gives us more flexibility for how we show up in those situations, uh, realizing that nothing actually exists in a silo. It only exists in a silo in our mind. Yeah, totally. And the other thing that is, I think is really cool about when we do that work of the interrelating of things is that we start to understand them on deeper levels and we start to really like get these truths, grok them in different ways, if you will. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And bring it back to what you were saying. It's in many ways, it's like we're working on and looking at what it means to be human and in our relationship with ourself as it relates to love, as it relates to business. And what totally. We're yeah. yeah. And, and I think all of these truths are going to help us be become more authentically ourselves. And that's the, that's the mm-hmm. essence. That's what we're doing all of this shit for. That's why you want the relationship. That's why you want the business. It's so that mm-hmm. you can be more of you in every situation so that you get to express all of you in every situation. Yeah. Beautiful, man. Yeah. Love it. Okay. So how about I dive into the first one? Yeah, let's kick it off. Cool. Okay. The first hidden truth about love and business, and I'll just start on the love piece, is that relationships and love are always a risk. There's no way around it. You can't avoid risk and you will get hurt. 
even in the right relationship and not always through a breakup. So when we can take this mindset and embrace the inevitable pain that comes from opening our hearts and growing closer to another person, I think we can stop hitting the eject button prematurely on relationships that really offer something for us. Uh, we kind of stay in the driver's seat or we stay in the ride and we see it through uh, to make sure that we're really mining it for the gems that it has rather than jumping out because it gets uncomfortable. There's always going to be a risk with getting to know somebody and revealing more and more aspects of yourself to that person. Yeah. We're going to run into rejection possibly. And, and how do we be with that when we stop making it wrong and thinking that, you know, there's something wrong with a the relationship, there's something wrong with me, there's something wrong with this other person. And we could say, no, this, this pain is supposed to be here. This is just what happens in the act of learning how to love and cleaning up our own wounds. Yeah, I really love this idea of, of, of embracing the risk. You know, I think one of the biggest things that gets in the way of people on their entrepreneurial journey or in life in general is that we're afraid of taking some kind of risk and like right. that we won't be able to handle. I think this is a subconscious story. A lot of the time is that we won't yeah. be able to handle whatever the results are when we when we fail at something or, you know, mm. when we're when we're especially seen failing at something. Yeah. And it, there's, it's really interesting because you hear people talk, give a lot of lip service to failure and how important failure is in the journey. But I don't, I, I don't hear people often talking about why that's true. It's almost like people say, say it and, you know, hear like, oh yeah, failure is really important, but still I'm going to try to do it without failing at all. Right. And I think that that actually like really cuts us off from some, in, some incredible opportunities for growth as people, because you actually do have to give it something you're all and not succeed at it in order to learn some of those lessons. And some of those lessons are going to be very explicit, big picture lessons that you'll hear in your brain. You'll hear the lesson. Mm -hmm. And some of them will be very subtle, small lessons that you might not even be consciously aware of in the same way that um, like muscle memory, you're not really aware of your muscles developing the skill. It's just at some point you're able to do whatever the thing is, you know what I mean? And yeah. you wouldn't necessarily be able to say, well, that's because, you know, this muscle was firing and this muscle was firing and this muscle was firing. It's that over the course of practice and failure, many, many different attempts, you come to a new level of skill that is unconscious or subconscious. Yeah. I mean, the metaphor that comes to mind is just this idea of like um, almost developing like stabilization muscles if you're, you're working out in the gym, right? Where there's ways in which maybe you kind of come out of alignment slightly and then uh, certain muscles that have not been worked kind of kick in to kind of bring you back into alignment. And it's like, you know, is it a failure if you're kind of off track for a moment, right? Or is it a failure if you, sudden, you suddenly can't lift the kind of weight that you wanted to? It's like, no, it, it's, it's all the building of a granite foundation for you to continue to work towards something and, and stacking, um, more learning experiences and finding that proper alignment within self so you can keep reaching for something bigger and bigger. Um, so yeah, I, I love that idea that you're talking about with um, just really embracing failure. And with that, I think comes like trusting that if you're creating something of value that, that you're bringing into the world, whether it's a service or a product, there is going to be risk there. It, it exists because it's outside of your comfort zone. What you want has not occurred yet. And so there's going to be some level of exposure and visibility and putting yourself out there that is necessary and to embrace it uh, rather than kind of reject it or try to avoid it. Totally. And I love this metaphor of the gym because I think it's so obvious there that, you're, yeah, you're going to experience soreness. You're going to experience pain. You're going to, be, you're going to try to do something and not be able to do it because you just don't have the strength yet. 
And so I would yeah. almost add to this truth that um, relationships or business are always full of risk, but also they're full of pain or discomfort. And it's, and it's really the story of what we do with that, that is going to enable us to either thrive and stay on the path or, you know, quit. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Love it. We'll move on to the second. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. This is one that is one of my particular favorites. Uh, the more you let go of trying to control the outcome of your relationships and of your love life, the more your relationship and your love life will actually flourish. Relationships are a continual act of letting go. Your love life will thrive when you take your hands off the wheel and focus on just being present and just being open. And just a little background on this. This is one of the key tenets that uh, I end up working with people around is you've got the understanding. Uh, we've helped you find deeper alignment, maybe find your voice, get really clear on what you want, start taking action in the right direction. Now, how can you bring an energy of letting go to uh, everything that you're doing? Because the more that we're grasping onto the outcome, the more that we're trying to control things, the more we actually distort our authenticity in the act of trying to control things, which then defeats our power in being able to create what we want. Because our most powerful place to create from is our most genuine, authentic self that is surrendered in the doing versus really locked up in uh, an attachment to the outcome. Absolutely. And I think that this is really important to make the connection for both business and love as well is because connection in some way is dependent on that authenticity and our, and our ability to show up as ourselves in whatever situation that we're in. And the more that we're like trying to hold on or control, or, you know, like there's that tight energy that, that like is constricting. And, and the more we're doing that, the less we are able to show up as ourselves. And then the less able we're to connect with our customers or that we're able mm. to connect with partners I mean, yeah. or even friends in the world. You know what I mean? The more we're like trying to control situations. And, and, and I think this comes from a, a sense of fear. I mean, yeah. like we're, we're trying to control things because we're worried that there's not going to be enough or, you know, we're, we're worried that we won't be able to get it or that we're not worthy in some way. And so we'll try to present some, you know mask to the world in order to control other people's expectations or other people's experiences in the world or to control some outcome that we're trying to get. And the more we do that, I think th this is exactly what you're saying, the less likely we are to show up authentically. And then that just that hampers connection and connection is really, I think what it's all about in some ways, I think it's one of like the master keys to both love and business is the ability mm. to connect with other people. Yeah. Something to add to that too, is like the capacity to let people fail and learn in our lives right? Whether it's your employees, if you delegate, allowing them to go through their learning experience, which might not necessarily be uh, something that maybe you, something you've already gone through and you kind of know the answer, but they've got to go through their own learning experience. They've got to drop the ball so that they can learn so that uh, there's a way in which we're empowering them to learn. And when we're stuck in this place of trying to control, I think we can get into micromanaging we can get into actually not delegating because we need it done our way and we need it done right and it needs to be done fast. And so the more we can let go of control, I think the more we have to embrace risk, back to your point about embracing failure and, and allowing people to go through that learning curve so that they can be empowered to be sovereign agents uh, working on our team, working with us in life. Yeah. And, and, the, and what that does for enrollment is really powerful, you know, because what you're saying is, is really important. Like you actually can't get the thing that you want, which is like if you want a team that's enrolled and able to, that you're able to delegate to and that they're, you know, everybody's working together to create some common goal, but you're micromanaging. 
right? We're literally standing in direct conflict with the outcome that we're wanting to create by trying to control the outcome. And mm. so it's this, it, it's this real uh, paradoxical kind of catch 22 that happens when we, when we're showing up in this way to relate this to another, you know, slightly different context too. like, look, goals are really useful goals. Goals, I think are really important for a business owner. I think that it's important in relationship to have goals but not because you're going to get attached to whatever the outcome is. I think goals are useful mm -hmm. because if you don't know what target you're aiming for, you don't have a way to guide what actions you take in order to, mm -hmm. to kind of move in the direction of that target. But yeah. making our outcome, like our happiness dependent on the outcome, I think is, has got the, the whole situation reversed. It's got the whole problem reversed, right? Cause we really want to focus mm -hmm. on what we can control and what is inside of us. And that is like how we show up in the world and who we are being in the world versus the outcome mm -hmm. that we're getting. And so I think, um, getting overly attached to the outcome winds up being counterproductive for us in a lot of different ways. Great. Yeah. And I'm hearing that in the realm of relationship too, it's like, uh, focusing on who you're being when you're showing up and dating a relationship rather than trying to get somewhere, right? Focusing on, am I respecting who I'm being right now? Am I living according to my values? Uh, is there a way in which I'm staying aligned and connected to me as an ally for myself and living from my heart and then letting the chips fall where they will with other people and how they interact with you? Exactly. I love it. And to take it back to your gym yeah. metaphor, you know, we're lifting weights and it's like, you might have a goal to lift a certain amount of weight, right? But not if you had to cheat to get there or if you, you know, if you were you mm. know, kind of somehow faking it to get there. Right. And so, and so falling in love with the journey of the sort of day by day process of becoming the kind of person who can lift that weight rather than being like laser focused on whether or not you got there today, I think is a really important yeah. way of, of continuing to show up at something like, which is an infinite game necessarily business love mm. they're infinite games there's no you're not going to get somewhere yeah. and so being too attached to some kind of outcome i think is is just going to create mm. a lot of tensions that are unnecessary yeah it becomes like a self-defeating prophecy in many ways because yeah, exactly. you don't like who you're being when you're yeah. all contracted and and attacked yeah okay i think this totally. might dovetail nicely into the next one which is your relationship is a platform to bring your gifts so think of your relationship as a stage where you are supported to share, give, and become more of yourself. And when you, when you see relationships this way, it actually inverts what could be an unconscious desire, which is to try to get from the relationship instead. You know, I, this is born from working with clients where there's a way in which they're constantly calculating in the most primary position while they're relating, you know, are my needs being met? Am I getting what I want from this relationship? I think that's a great question to ask sometimes, but I think if we have it in the primary, like king position at the very top, uh, there's a way in which we end up bankrupting our connections and almost needing too much from them. But if we can just, rather than that, put in the primary position, if this was a stage for me to be more of who I am and to give something within me that I want to give, what would that look like? What do I want to give? Who do I want to be? And I think that shift can allow us to start to come to the relationship from a place of being already whole and complete versus trying to get someone or something to have us feel complete. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah. Are we saying that the important thing of a relationship is not in asking like what the relationship's going to do? Ask not what your relationship can do for you, but what you can do for your relationship. Or are we saying that what the emphasis of relationship here for, is that it's not about what you're going to get from the relationship, but it's about how the relationship can be a vehicle for you to be more of yourself 
and this, and then we're back to the, like kind of this authenticity essence here. I think that's really useful distinction too, because I also see the other side of it. Yeah. And maybe expression, like how you express yourself in the relationship, how you express yourself in life. I sometimes see the opposite okay. side of this where, um, you know, uh, you know, a lot of my people, yep. they're not, they're not like going into every interaction. Like, how can I get something from this interaction? Although I think that's in the back of all of our minds, but I think more often will fall on the other side of the spectrum. And it's like giving too much of myself to the relationship or like more, more sacrificing too much mm -hmm. of myself to the relationship or to whatever the, the business need is at the moment. Um, and I, I think that this is a fine, this is a fine line that we're walking yep. because I think that the, the key here is to focus on the part that is like the authentic expression. So it's like, what do you have to give? Who are you? How, how do you want to show up in the world? And then how do we use the business and the relationship to help you to show up more of that way in the world? And then not be so concerned with what you're giving or receiving if it's getting in the way of you showing up authentically. Does that, how does that land with you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that you're making a, an important kind of caveat or distinction there of what we're not talking about, right? We're not talking right. about self-sacrifice. Um, we're the way that I see this in some ways, it's almost like looking at the relationship from a place of service. And so if I was to uh, kind of map this over to my business, for instance, if I'm working and I'm, and I'm coaching and I'm doing enrollment calls and my primary focus is how am I going to make money? That is a very different energy than if my focus is on how can I serve the hell out of this person in front of me and do my best to completely transform their perspective yeah. in this phone call, right? And then what will happen will happen after that. That doesn't mean I'm not inviting someone to work with me, right? That doesn't mean that I'm still not tracking these things around, uh, you know, the health of my business is looking like, but in the primary position I'm putting in there. How can I serve from love? How can I use this as an expansion in a place to volumize my creativity, my connection with others and the work that I'm doing in the world that I love to do? Yeah, I love it. And then I think that this is a real, like an essential piece of, of like avoiding burnout. So the, the pattern of burnout that shows up for people, I think is when we stop behaving mm -hmm. from that place is when we stop framing up our reality in that place of service, like that almost yeah. like that idea of like being like used very pleasantly you know, positively used up at the end of the day and just like feeling like, Oh, I really like, I really like brought what mm -hmm. I am here to bring to the table today. And I provided value mm -hmm. to the world be because of that from, from, that, yes. from that place of being most me and, and yeah. bringing my unique gifts and my unique interests and desires to the, to the world and having those meet with service. And that's like almost that Ikigai model, you know, where it's like, what does the world need? What do I love? And what am I mm. good at? And like where those intersect, where that Venn diagram intersects, like that's the Ikigai place where we play. And I think that's like a really useful framework and a, and an antidote to like feeling like, like mm -hmm. if you're feeling really exhausted at the end of the day mm -hmm. and not in a pleasant way, like, you know, like you're like, Oh God, there's just like so much. And I don't know if I, you know, whatever, if we have any of these, like this right. negative relationship with work, I think, or, or relationship, right. I think then that what we're, what we're doing is we're, we're out of that authenticity. We're out of that, like alignment place for ourselves where we're serving from our gifts. Yeah. And um, kind of just bringing it back to relationship. My question would be to people thinking about this in realm of relationship is what are you inspired to give in relationship? Not what do you think you should be giving in relationship? Not uh, what, 
do you need to give to make sure that you don't lose the relationship, totally. right? No, what are you inspired genuinely to give where in the act of that giving is actually oh, you're already God. receiving. That's like versus giving yeah dude that's like that's like worthy of the you know the cat poster just hang in there that's like we that's a motivational poster right there i want that on my office wall you know <laughs> like what are you inspired to give today i love that that's beautiful being number four the hidden truth of love and business uh your well-being comes before communication when triggered talking often backfires regulate your emotions first the urgent issue may evaporate people think that content matters most even more important than learning to self-soothe. Your inner peace dissolves many problems you thought that you had to discuss. Now, I'd, I'd be interested to hear how you see this work within perhaps yeah. leadership and some of the work that you do with your people. Because what I see in the realm of relationship is there's this idea that it's like, we need to express our truth. We need to get this out there and, and talk through this. And oftentimes, if you are talking through it from a place of fight or flight, or you are not able to self-soothe, there's a weight and a criticism and a judgment, an accusation that we might bring into the conversation that actually does more harm than good. So take a step step back and find your balance first before you it. open your mind. I'm gonna sub out communication with problem solving. Your well-being comes b before like trying to solve problems, right. whatever those problems might look like, root yourself in your center first. And this is, I, you know, I talk about these three physicals. I think there's maybe a fourth one, but the, the three physicals before. So we're before we're going to address any challenges or problems. I think it's really useful to look at these three physicals. Are we getting enough sleep? Are we getting the nutrition that our body needs to perform at its highest? And are we, um, are we moving, are we moving our bodies in a, such a way that the, that nutrition can make it around our body? So in other words, do we have the resources that we need and are we able to get those resources where they need to go in our body in order to perform at our highest? And then is, are we recuperating with actual sleep enough to kind of regenerate ourselves? And I think this is a really useful place. Like people talk about self-care, but I think this, this is like the essence of where to start even before you do. And I'm a mindset coach, you know, so I'm, I'm very mindset forward in the way I like to think about things. But even before we're ever going to check in on that stuff, mm. I want to, I want people to check in on like, how is your body? How is your physical health? And, you know, the, these are all very personal things, you know, sleep. It's like they say eight hours, but honestly, you're the only one who knows whether you're getting enough sleep. Just ask your body, am I getting enough sleep? Are we getting enough sleep right now? Or are, are we behind? Right. And just really listening to those. And I think that's a really beautiful way to kind of fill your, fill your own mm -hmm. cup and like really um, navigate from a place of you, you talk about like this inner peace, this self-soothing and come here first. Like, am I feeling whole, resourceful and complete in within myself yeah. first before I come yeah. out and I try to like solve problems. I try to like, you know, manage what you're doing in the world or whatever. What I like that you're doing here is you're, you're changing out communication to problems because uh, I think it's, yeah, very, very easy to relate to in that. Um, you know, when I look at my, my life, and if I'm not in a good place, if I'm feeling sick, if I'm feeling tired, if I'm feeling burnt out, I will create problems that seem very real and they seem very much out there. But then when I do yoga and I take a step back and I breathe or I go for a hike, I come back and sure, there is something that maybe uh, needs my attention, but the idea of it being a problem, the whole geometry changes. And I'm able to see around it where it's just like, oh, this isn't even really a, a problem. This is just, 
inviting me to maybe do something different or come up with some type of solution that is just like a natural next step rather than like, you know, the alarm bells are going off and this needs to be done immediately. So yeah, I love the bring yourself back to the foundation and make sure that you're taking the right stance, that you're creating the problem from the right stance. Totally. I just want to like highlight and underscore this thing because it can really seem like these problems are problems that are happening mm-hmm. outside of us. And, and like most people don't have a really clear sense of just how frustrating it is to just be tired, to just be like physically exhausted, not be getting enough sleep and how that, that, yep. you know, I mean, it's really easy for us to see yep. like little kids when they're tired or they're, they're hungry and, and the way that they show up as different, mm. you know what I mean? As like the whole world is against me and all this stuff, you know, but it's, it's harder for us to see it as ourselves, as adults, I think to notice. Um, and so it's just yeah. a useful thing to check in on. Yeah. I remember my mom saying to me, oh, it looks like you just need a nap. Yeah. Right. You know, when I was like five or six years old, it's like, I was like, what do you mean need a nap? I'm not tired at all. But then of course, the minute my head would hit the pillow, I'd be sleeping. Right. Exactly. Um, to this point, one of the ways I see myself make problems like bigger than they need to be. And this happens from a non non resourceful state is um, I add this element of time to it. So rather than dealing with a thing in front of me, I'm dealing with the thing in front of me. And then I go into this idea of, Oh, what if this never gets resolved? And then I start making mental images of all of the different consequences and ways I'm going to have to deal with things in the future that I'm not equipped for. So I turn it into a really like, seven-headed, 11-headed hydra of a problem simply because I've allowed my mind with a lack of boundaries because I'm not feeling resourceful to just project the same problem going out in years into the future and how I'm going to end up, you know, like homeless, alone, broke, destitute, and crazy. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, that really, that really lands and resonates. And I mean, it, it, this makes sense. If we make it again, if we make it a very like practical thing, I, let's just take your gym example again. If, if you're exhausted, if you're at the end of your workout day, and there's this, you see this big stack of weight and it's, and you're like, and you're like, you try to push it and you're like, oh my God, I just like, I can't even budget. I can't even move it a little bit, right? Like what happens to your perception of your ability to move that weight ever in life? You know what I mean? Mm. It, it goes way down because you're like, you, you're just like, oh, I'm just yeah. like powerless against this. But when you come back strong, yeah. like, a, you know, well rested and this, you're, you're fresh for, to your workout, like all of a sudden it seems more doable, right. more possible, more plausible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Suddenly that like 15 pound dumbbell, you know, becomes easy to lift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. So great conversation. And uh, join me again next time when we'll be talking about the next five hidden truths about love and business. Hey there shifters. If you enjoy the podcast and you've been wanting to take your game to the next level, you might want to hear about our new program. We're calling it the mindset gym. And it's a virtual community where we take all the tips, tricks, and strategies, and we put them into practice. Ever notice how when you go to an exercise class, you always seem to push a little harder than when you work out on your own? Well, the Mindset Gym is like a group exercise class for your business. Imagine a community of badass business owners coming together a couple of times a month to work on their mindsets, strategies, and find some business besties. It's all about practicing together. Sound like something you might want to be a part of? Check out the link in the show notes or go to lucidshiftcoaching.com forward slash the dash mindset dash gym to learn more. Thanks so much for listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast. If you want to get the most out of your time here, think about this. What's the one thing from this episode that resonated the most for you? Asking that simple question can help anchor in your insights and remember who you want to be. 
If there was even a single thought in today's episode that helps you to become even 1% more free, then we are thrilled. If so, would you do us a favor? We're on a mission to spread the message of freedom and we could use your help. See, the algorithms love it when we get reviews, shares, comments, and likes, and then that helps other people like you to find the podcast and just maybe change their lives. So if you like what we're doing and you want to generate some positive karma for the day, please write us a review wherever you get your podcast love. See you next week. And in the meantime, live your freedom and love your life.